are Locked On Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening to the Locked On Yankees podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Stacey Gotsoulias. You can find us on Twitter at Locked On Yankees, all one word. You can find me on Twitter at Stace Gotts. Please feel free to tweet questions or comments to either account. If you're a new listener to the show, hello and welcome. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. I hope you all enjoy today's episode. Um, you should, because we'll be discussing a Yankees win. They won a game last night. It feels odd to say that, but it's true. And we'll talk about everything that happened last night, including the fact that Davey Garcia looked like the Yankees' ace in Buffalo. We'll talk about his performance. We'll talk about the offense waking up a bit last night and more. But first, you can get Locked On Yankees and all other Locked On podcasts straight to your phone in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Yankees. So as I said at the jump, I can't believe we're talking about a win. I'm glad we're talking about a win because if I had to deal with another loss, it would have been six in a row. I don't know what I would have done with myself because I did a lot of complaining in yesterday's episode and the day before. And I mean, what else could I have complained about? Well, okay, obviously there would be stuff I could complain about because it would have depended on how they lost, but they didn't. They won. Davey Garcia pitched like an ace. The offense came alive. Let's get to it. The game started off quietly. In the first inning, neither team did anything. In the top of the second, Gleyber Torres hit his second home run of the year to put the Yankees up 1-0. In the bottom of the second, Jonathan Villar singled. Then Caleb Joseph grounded into a force out. So Villar was out at second. He was safe at first. Then Derek Fisher hit a two-run home run to put the Blue Jays up 2-1. Then Jonathan Davis struck out swinging to end the inning. The very next frame in the top of the third, DJ LeMayhew hit a home run on the first pitch he saw to tie the game. Luke Voigt grounded out. Aaron Hicks was called out on strikes. Clint Frazier walked. Glaber Torres flied out. Everything was quiet until the top of the fifth. Ross Stripling came in to replace starter Tanner Roark. Tyler Wade hit a single. DJ LeMayhew grounded out and Wade advanced to second. Luke Voigt hit a single that scored Wade to put the Yankees up 3-2. Aaron Hicks walked. Clint Frazier struck out swinging. Gleyber Torres hit a double that scored both Voigt and Hicks to put the Yankees up 5-2. Miguel and Duhar grounded out to end the inning. In the bottom of the fifth, Garcia worked around a double, and the Blue Jays didn't score. There was no scoring from either team until the top of the ninth. D.G. LeMayhew reached on a throwing error by Jonathan Villar. Luke Voigt grounded out. LeMayhew made it to second, then he stole third base. Aaron Hicks walked. Clint Frazier hit a single that scored LeMayhew, then Frazier stole second base. Glaber Torres grounded out to third, but that allowed Hicks to score. As Miguel Andujar was up, there was a passed ball by Caleb Joseph. 
Frazier made it to third, but Andujar grounded out to end the inning, but the Yankees were up 7-2 at that point. In the bottom of the ninth, Aroldis Chapman came in with a five-run lead, and he pitched a 1-2-3 inning, three strikeouts, one swinging, two called. In more important news, in the bottom of the eighth, Zach Britton came in when it was only 5-2, and he didn't surrender any runs. He surrendered a single, but he worked around it and got out of it. So that's a good sign from the Yankees' bullpen. Yankees win 7-2. Let's go to Davey Garcia's numbers, because the kid did well. And I can call him a kid because I'm old enough to be his mother. He pitched seven innings, gave up two runs on that home run, did not walk a batter, struck out six, gave up five hits. He threw 95 pitches, 63 of them were for strikes, and let's break down those pitches by type. This is according to Baseball Savant. Garcia threw 56 four-seam fastballs, 16 change-ups, 14 curveballs, 9 sliders, again, total 95. He got swings on all of his pitches, 30 on the four-seamer, 9 on the change-up, 9 on the curveball, 4 on the slider, whiffs. Five on the four-seamer, five on the changeup, one on the curveball, three on the slider. Called strikes, he got nine on the four-seam fastball, none on his changeup, one on his curveball, one on his slider. Balls in play, 13 on his four-seamer, four on his changeup, three on his curveball, none on his slider. His max last night was 95.8 miles per hour on the four-seamer, and his average last night on the four-seamer was 92.5. His lowest pitch was a curveball at 74.1. And the home run was surrendered on a 91.9 mile per hour four-seam fastball. So it was a good night for the Yankees. Davey Garcia picks up his first major league win. The Yankees snap a five-game losing streak. And now they head home to face the Orioles, who are nipping at their heels in the ALE standings. Uh, The Mets actually helped the Yankees out last night by beating the Orioles. The Orioles were winning that game, and the Mets came back. Speaking of other games around the league, um, did you guys see the final score of the Atlanta Braves-Miami Marlins game? The Braves scored 29 runs. I didn't even know what was going on in that game until I saw someone tweet the score. I think it was actually MLB on Fox that tweeted it out, and at that point it was 25-8. So yeah, 29 runs sets a new National League record. So the Yankees and Orioles will be playing again. It's a four-game series, and I will be giving you a preview of that series in a moment. But first, let's talk about rockauto.com. If you have a car or a truck, you should go to rockauto.com. Because rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, 
all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. So as I said earlier, the Orioles are right behind the Yankees in the AL East standings. It got a little hairy there. Last night would have been a big swing in either direction if the Orioles had won and the Yankees had lost. But thankfully the Yankees won, the Orioles lost, and now we're heading into a four-game series against Baltimore in Yankee Stadium. Tonight's matchup is Garrett Cole against Keegan Aiken. This was the matchup the last time these two guys pitched, and Aiken outpitched Cole. The rookie left-hander, who is Baltimore's number 15 prospect, has struck out 15 batters in 13 innings since debuting last month, so he's doing really well. Cole has a three-start losing streak. He's gone 0 for 3 with a 5.63 ERA during that stretch. Not great, Bob! He allowed five runs, one earned, over six innings against the Orioles on Saturday, and it dropped him to 1-1 one and one in two starts against the Orioles. So as I said on Locked On Orioles last week, and as I said on this show, the Yankees need Garrett Cole to pitch like an ace. Their rookie pitched like an ace last night. Jay Happ pitched like an ace the night before. So if the Yankees can get Garrett Cole to pitch the way he's supposed to, Masahiro Tanaka to pitch like a two, then maybe they can start up a winning streak here and get things going. Hallelujah! 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 Tonight's game is at 7.05. Tomorrow night's game is at 7.05. Saturday's is a 105 start. Sunday is also a 105 start. We don't know who's pitching for Baltimore yet on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, but the Yankees are lined up with Cole tonight, Tanaka tomorrow, Montgomery Saturday, Hap on Sunday. It feels very strange to say this, but this series with Baltimore is really big for the Yankees because, as I said, Baltimore is right behind them in the standings, and if they can't stay ahead of Baltimore, they will definitely not make the playoffs this year. We already knew coming in that a 60-game season, there would be no room for error, and I can't recall who mentioned it, but someone said that the 60-game season was not conducive to how the Yankees perform because they usually get into some sort of a funk during a 162-game season. Sometimes they start slow, and then they pick things up, and they finish the season really strong. And it feels as if they're going through that funk now, and they don't have enough time to make up for it. The bottom line is this. Last night needs to be the turning point. Last night needs to be the spark that gets this team going and gets them on a roll. Because if it isn't, and they lose two out of four this weekend, or three out of four this weekend, again, they're not making the playoffs. And I know people will be thinking, but they're playing the Orioles. Yeah, they played the Orioles last weekend and lost three out of four. The Orioles are a young team like the Blue Jays, and they're not scared of the Yankees. They should be, because the Yankees beat the Orioles 18 straight games, and then the Orioles came out and won three out of four last weekend, which, again, I told you was going to happen. I could feel it in my bones with the way the Yankees were playing. What am I feeling this weekend? I'm not feeling anything. I have no idea how the Yankees are going to do. I'm hoping that they turn things around, but I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't. And this isn't me being a Debbie Downer or a negative Nelly. This is me being realistic, okay? Because if you've watched the Yankees over the past few weeks, 
you know that there's no guarantee going into this weekend that they're going to beat up on the Orioles. You would like for that to happen. You would hope for that to happen. You would hope that the Yankees from the beginning of the season would reemerge at this point and just start steamrolling over teams that they should be steamrolling over. By the way, I forgot to mention Glaber Torres during my recap of the game. I mean, I mentioned him, but I didn't really shine a spotlight on him. But good job driving in four runs last night. Maybe he's feeling better, finally. And of course, DJ LeMayhew was doing DJ LeMayhew things. Um, that should be, aside from Tanaka, signing DJ LeMayhew in the offseason should be the number one priority for Brian Cashman. And if he doesn't do it, I will be so angry. Since we have some time left, let's look back at 20 years ago today when the Yankees beat the Red Sox 6-2 in Fenway. It was a Sunday, 105 start. And your starters, Randy Keesler for the Yankees, remember him, and Pete Shurek for the Red Sox. I don't remember him. Yankees lineup, Chuck Knobloch, Derek Jeter, Bernie Williams, Jose Canseco, David Justice, Glenn Allen Hill, Tina Martinez, Jorge Posada, Scott Brocious. For the Red Sox, Darren Lewis, Jose Offerman, Carl Everett, Nomar Garcia-Para, Dante Bichette, Troy O'Leary, Lou Merloni, Scott Hatterberg, Donnie Sadler. I said those names right, people. I had trouble yesterday, but I got through them today. Now, ooh, okay, this is interesting looking at the pitching line for the Yankees. Kiesler picked up the win. He pitched five innings, gave up one earned run on four hits. He walked three, struck out two. Dwight Gooden picked up the save. Pitching four innings, giving up one run on three hits with two walks and four strikeouts. Interesting. So let's just see how the Yankees scored since they're the ones who won the game. Now the Red Sox scored first on a Nomar Garcia-Para RBI single off Kiesler to put them up 1-0. Then Scott Brocious hit a two-run home run in the top of the second to put the Yankees up 2-1. In the top of the third, after Derek Jeter hit a triple... Bernie Williams hit a fielder's choice that allowed Jeter to score. And Williams made it to first, so what the hell happened there? (laughs) There was no scoring until the top of the seventh. Jose Canseco hit an RBI single that scored Chuck Knobloch and advanced Bernie to second. Tino Martinez hit a double that scored Bernie and Canseco to put them up 6-1. And the Red Sox scored a run in the bottom of the ninth. Nomar Garcia-Para hit a triple off Dwight Gooden. Then Gooden got Bichette swinging for out number one. Then Troy O'Leary hit a ground out to the pitcher. Obviously, he's going to throw it to first because he's not going to try and throw it home because who the hell knows what's going to happen there. Plus, they're up 6-1 at that point. Who cares? So it's 6-2. Brian Daubach walks. And then Scott Hatterberg strikes out swinging to end the game. So, yeah, Yankees win 6-2. That was September 10th, 2000. The Yankees played the Red Sox the weekend before 9-11. I remember that because I was at the Sunday game. They won 7-2. Andy Pettit got the win because, as I've told you guys millions of times on the show, Andy Pettit is the pitcher that I saw the most in person while I had my season tickets. That's playoffs and regular season. I was at the game with my best friend and... The guy I was seeing and his best friend at the time. And the strangest thing was, 
After the game ended, we decided to go down to Manhattan because it was a really nice day. And we nearly went to the Twin Towers. And then my best friend mentioned that her vertigo was probably going to kick in and that it wouldn't be any fun for her to go to the Twin Towers. So we decided not to do it. And I can recall saying to them, it's fine. We can go another time. It's not like they're going anywhere. And I'm sure I'm not the only New Yorker who said something like that about the Twin Towers at the time, because who would have believed that they could have come down the way that they did? It's hard to believe that tomorrow will be 19 years since it happened. Because in some ways it feels as if it was yesterday, and in other ways it feels like a lifetime ago. Okay, before I go, again, tonight, Garrett Cole against Keegan Aiken. At Yankee Stadium, start time tonight, 7.05. We're back to the usual start time now that the Yankees are out of Buffalo. And because this is the only pitching matchup that I actually know about, tomorrow will be a preview of the rest of the series between the Yankees and the Orioles. So that's it for this edition of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to remind you that you can subscribe to this show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Yankees. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate the podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We would really appreciate it. Enjoy your Thursday, and I will talk to you all tomorrow. Tomorrow.